Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. Welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast, where we are changing the way you get inspiration by allowing you to hear resilience and victory in hard stories. We discuss new methods on handling life situations so you can show up confidently in your life. We are different because instead of just giving you inspiration through stories, we give you actionable tools to make the change that you want to make. Let's live bravely today. Some of the material we talk about is deep and can sometimes be controversial. Please use headphones when listening in public or around children. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. I'm Kelsey, and I am a personal development speaker and life coach who works with women all over the world to build confidence, face their fears, and take action in their lives. Hey, guys. My name is Mindy. I'm a career mentor and business strategist. I empower people to achieve their dreams by teaching them how to find what truly sets their souls on fire. I give them tools to take initiative so they can do what they are passionate about. So welcome to episode two. I am really excited about today's topic because I feel like it's something that everybody struggles with. Kelsey, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about comparison, the like hottest of hot topics. It really is a hot button topic right now. I feel like it's everywhere you look. Uh, Somebody's talking about being compared or uh, feeling like they need to compare themselves to somebody. It's all over the place. I know. It really is. It's definitely something that I'm discussing a lot with clients. And when I talk to clients about it, I notice that clients are repeating is the word should. And it's funny because if we break that word down, it's like this comparison and should are related because we're doing all of these things because we feel like we should. You should, why? Because you saw it somewhere else, because someone told you that. Like there's just all these reasons, but it's just a recurring word that comes up when I'm talking to clients. It's like, well, I should be and I should be. And I'm like, wait back that up. Because if you're saying you should, that means you're comparing yourself to somebody else because you're saying that you need to be doing something differently. Why? And so that can be, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's, you know, and it's so easy to, to do that because you see so much around you and you feel like you should be in that place. But really what you should be doing is comparing yourself to where you were before. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point is that, you know, the, it can go either way, you know, it's just about how we use it. And so changing our perspective is obviously something that falls in line with this too, but just saying that we should 
it's always important. I tell people one of the tools that I give people is when you say this word, back it up and ask yourself why or where is that coming from? Because sometimes it's like, oh, I should be married by now or I should have kids by now or whatever it may be. Why? Because that's what somebody else your age is doing. So what if you remove that other person? Then where does where's the should? Yeah, it's the it's the whole timeline concept, right? So I think that this is something that is just bred into us when we're born. We feel like our life goes in this linear pattern. So you're born, you go to school, you get married, you have kids, you work, 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 and make sure when you're work, work, working that you're saving too, because then you retire and then you pass away. And that is the timeline that the world puts out in front of you. And if you step out inside of that timeline, really to the world, you're not doing what you should be doing. But who says that we have to follow that timeline? I think that becomes a big problem for a lot of people because people have dreams and they feel like because they're a certain age or they're a certain spot in their life that they can't chase those dreams. So really cool story. My husband really wanted to be a doctor. That's one of his goals in life. He wants to go to medical school. When he turned like 27, that was what he decided that he really wanted to do. But what he told me and what he kept saying was, I'm too old. I am at this point in my life where if I go to medical school now and I chase that dream, I'm going to be 50 when I get done. And what I kept saying to him was, what does it matter? Why do you care? It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It matters what you want to do and what are you passionate about. And so now that's what he's pursuing, which is so cool because you know, he's 33 years old. When he's done with medical school, he'll he'll probably be 50-something. But it doesn't matter because every right. time he talks about it, his eyes light up. And he's not mm. letting that timeline of comparison of what you should be doing and where you should be in life hold him back, which is awesome. Yeah. And I think that there's something to be said about that timeline and when you step out of it, how scary that is. And it's, it's, it really is conquering a fear because it's like, Ooh, this is what this should look like. This is what life should be. And so when we step outside of that, it's scary. It's the unknown because the thing about that timeline is there's so much safety in that. It's like, Oh, I know this is coming next. I know I just got married. So now next we get to have kids. Like what if that doesn't happen though? It's like the fear and the anxiety that that causes for people is too much. So they would rather just stay on the timeline and stay on that path rather than push themselves in a direction that's uncomfortable. But once you take that first step outside that path and you start to kind of forge your own way, then it's like, oh, it's brighter here, or I see this potential in myself here. And so just taking that first step, and we'll talk about some tools for comparison too, but definitely I think that being able to also have that support when you're in a household to where you see somebody living your, their dream like that, it's like with Eric going back to wrestling. Eric is 37 years old and returned to pro wrestling after nine years off, I think it was. 
but it was just like you were talking about with Mike. It's like, okay, do you want to live the rest of your life on this path because you think that steering off of it would be too hard because of what other people may think? Or do you just want to do what your heart feels like you need to do? And the scariest part is that first step on that new path that you make. The scariest step for Eric was just saying like, I'm taking bookings. I'm sure the scariest thing for him was just applying. Like, but once you're there and you're like, shit, I'm doing it. Like I'm, I'm really doing it. And then you build that confidence over time because it's like you took that first step. So then you can take another one. It really, the timeline thing is it affects us in so many different ways because we beat ourselves up if we don't follow that strict timeline. I know that this wasn't something we were actually going to talk about, but I feel like it's relevant. And if you don't mind sharing, I know that you guys have been trying and been wanting to have children. And did you feel a lot of pressure when it wasn't happening? Did you feel, how did you feel like that this played a role there? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Because the first thing that happens after you get married is everybody is asking you when you're going to have kids. And, you know, it's good intentioned, of course, but, you know, for those of you out there listening, like that's a, you know, something that could be really hard for somebody to hear, especially if you're actively trying and it's not happening because like Michael and I, we wanted to have a family and not being able to control that timeline ourselves of having a child was very frustrating because everybody else was forcing us into this box of, it has to be now. It should be now. This is what you should be doing. And quite honestly, I, you know, I'm very glad that we are in the place that we're at right now because we got to spend the first, you know, four years of our marriage being just mm-hmm. us and getting our footing together because I don't care what anybody says. Being, you know, in a long-term relationship and being married, it doesn't matter how long you've been together. It is very different. So we got that time together to really focus and bond on us. And now, you know, that we're adopting, we've got this whole new timeline. Again, the questions have started coming. When will you have a baby? When is the baby coming? And I'm like, you know, it's all dependent. Um, Yeah. But yeah, there's a ton of pressure there. I think, you know, looking back on it, again, I'm just so grateful that we are where we are. But There was, you know, it was hard because I had a lot of friends who were having kids and a lot of people pressuring us that we should be having kids so that, you know, comparison definitely played a role in there and timeline played a role in there too. Yeah, for sure. That came up in my mind when we were talking about that because it's so, it is, it's just like, we're always looking, when we talk about the timeline, we're always looking towards what next, what's next instead of being allowed to enjoy. It was the same thing for Eric and I. We got married in 2012 and then Cameron was born in 2016. We spent years competing, traveling, doing things, enjoying each other and learning about each other. And it was just, ever. when are you having children? When are you having children? And beyond that, like, what about people that don't want to have kids? Oh my gosh, exactly. It's okay. You don't have to. It would, you have to. I think the biggest thing is, you know, I heard this quote the other day from Joy Shetty. If you don't define what success means to you, you'll be forced to use the definition of others. And so if having kids isn't success to you, 
that's awesome. Good. If that makes you happy, if it brings you joy, that's what's important. But you're totally right. Like, what if you don't want to have kids and, you know, people are you constantly asking you that question? And I think something else that we didn't, you know, talk about talking about was enjoying being present, right? Mm-hmm. Looking for that next thing. And I think so many people are like, what is my next thing? What am I doing next? What is the most exciting thing that I can be looking forward to? And you rob yourself of enjoying what's going on right now because you're constantly looking for what's next. And I think that a lot of that is fueled by not having that definition of what makes you happy and that definition of success in your life kind of Mm -hmm. set. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. The other misconception here is that you can't be present and enjoy your life and be happy where you are while also looking forward to what's next. Because it's like some people get so focused on one or the other. Either they're stuck and they can't move forward or they're so focused on like getting somewhere else that they're missing everything that's around them. I think that, you know, in all of this, when, when we talk about the timeline that people put on us and society puts on us, there's a big thing playing a role here is obviously social media. I probably have like the most like love-hate relationship with social media because I love social media so much. Like the things that it makes us available to do and the opportunities that come from that that would not be without are incredible. I mean, you can do anything, but on the other side, like you can also do anything. People just that have like, these chicks with nice butts that are now fitness coaches that have never worked with a person one-on-one. That's not okay. When we see all these things on social media, one of the things that obviously I don't like about it is the comparison that comes from that because we can step back from it and say, okay, this is just a picture of a moment or a quote of a moment or a small video of a moment. But we still comparing. We're still, while we're watching that or while we're intaking that information, we still are like, oh, well, why don't I have that house or that car or that job or whatever? And so, you know, with social media, I think that we have to be very careful with what we intake on there. And go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, you know, it kind of leads into believing that you're not enough because you're surrounding mm-hmm. yourself with all these images. And this is just a snippet of somebody's life. You know, most of us, when we're posting on social media, not all of us are out there posting the bad day we had or the fight we had with our spouse or the fact that uh, this morning I spilled my iced coffee all over my lap uh, right before I walked into my team meeting. So that was that was neat. But... You, you already you already know about the day that I've had, so we won't even go into all of that. Well, you know what? If we're comparing bad days yeah. here, <laughs> I've taken it real easy. <laughs> but, you know, so we see these snippets of people's lives on social media, and we allow that to become like this, oh, this person has this amazing life. Look at all the things that they have. Look at everything that they're doing but I'm not doing enough. I'm not enough. 
because I'm not doing X, Y, Z, because I don't have 10,000 followers, because I can't put a swipe up link in my story, <laughs> because I can't, you know, uh, post a picture of my butt on Instagram, or I don't feel comfortable posting a picture, you know, in a crop top on Instagram, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. We start weaving this story in our heads that we're not enough, and that bleeds into all parts of our lives, and it gives us like this just unshakable, you know, like lack of confidence. Mm -hmm. And you take that with you everywhere. And that's just so dangerous and so sad. Yeah, it it really is. And it's, I think one of the most important things that you said was how it does bleed into all areas of our lives. And that's the thing is that we don't even realize that that's happening. We don't even realize that something as small as like our intake on social media and this comparison and this, this story that we're writing of what we should be, we don't even realize how that affects us because we're spending so much time. We go back to this again. We're spending so much time focused on where we should be and how far we have to go that we lose all sight of the present and what we have. And this is why I, I tell people and I, you know, I made the journal and all that stuff because it's like, we have to, if anything, every day we have to practice gratitude because you can convince yourself of anything. And when it comes to social media, one of the best things that I've found that helps for me or for my clients is really when you find yourself in that moment and when you're like, oh, this person's body, this person's house, this person's whatever it is that you're looking at, ask yourself, what do I actually know about this person? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important that, you know, you kind of do that self check of, is this their whole life? How hard did they work to get to where they are? What are the struggles that these people are going through? And I think that that's kind of, you know, not to jump ahead to our tools, but a tool that you can use if you can't stop yourself from comparing to someone else, use it as inspiration, right? So if someone's where you want to be, how do you become that person, you know, and maybe reach out to them and ask them how they got there. Great example for me, Rachel Hollis. I would love to be Rachel Hollis. I mean, she, you know, she's jet setting and she's speaking all over the world and she's helping make an impact in people's lives. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to look at it and be like, man, I'm so jealous of Rachel Hollis. She has everything I'd ever want. You know, woe is me. I'm, right. not, you know, I'm not enough. I can't do that. But instead, I can look and see what steps did Rachel take? to get to where she's at, which by the way, she wrote a book and it's all in there. But (laughs) yeah, I think that that's a, you know, a really good tool to have and and something really to keep in mind, like you said, is what else is there behind this person that, that they're posting? What did it take for them to get to where they are? Yeah. And that's a great, it's a great tool to just question in general. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more as we talk about other subjects, but definitely taking yourself out of that moment and saying, what do I really know about this person? Because that can be 
enough impact in a question to really open our eyes to, I'm looking at this person and I feel like I know them because I follow them on social media and maybe they post a lot. Maybe it's like, you know, I post at all different parts of my life, but I still have things that I don't post about. So it's like, you really don't know. It's impossible to know everything about a person's situation from just what you see on a screen. It's impossible. We've talked about a couple of tools already. One being that when we're on social media and we find ourselves in this place, I think that obviously one tool is asking yourself, what do I really know about this person? And another important tool is when I'm talking about your intake of social media, if you find yourself in that constant state to where somebody, the only feelings that are arising are negative, whether it's about that person or yourself, you need to remove them. Absolutely. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I personally learned this last year. The unfollow Mm -hmm. button is absolutely your friend. You need to obviously be very purposeful with what you intake on social media because it does affect Mm -hmm. you. And so I, for a long time, followed a lot of the Fitspiration people on Instagram. And, you know, when I followed them, I was at a different place in my life. And I thought maybe, you know, they'll help me get the inspiration that I need. And now, you know, I'm in a completely different part of my world and those things don't serve me anymore. And, you know, they, they only serve to make me feel negative. So, you know, I've gone through and unfollowed numerous people and I've started following new people who give me inspiration and make me feel the way that I want to feel. And I think that that's a really powerful tool. If, if somebody's making you feel a certain way and you don't see that changing, it's okay to unfollow people. For sure. And I think even taking it a step further than that and asking yourself, what is my purpose on this platform? Yeah. What what am I doing with social media? Because sometimes you just need to walk away from social media, period. If you're not using it to, you know, gain inspiration, better yourself, you know, connect with friends and family, build new relationships, you know, maybe it's time to take a break. Exactly. I mean, and that goes for a lot of things in our lives. If something is not serving us, if something is not making us better, why are we doing it? Or what do we need to change about that thing in order to make it? So it is. And I think something important that you said is how like you've unfollowed certain accounts and followed other things. And that's how our life works. Like we should forever be changing, growing, evolving. That's the way when we talk about should, that's what we should be. The pace at which we do that doesn't matter. The way that we do that, the changes that we make, it doesn't matter. It's different from person to person. There's no exact plan there. But one thing that is for sure is that you should be changing and growing. And so with that, of course, your intake is going to be different because you're going to start liking new things and not like other things anymore. So, you know, I think that some people have some guilt about unfollowing people, but I forget who it was. It might've been Marie Forleo in her book where she asked a question about like, are you going to care about this in 10 years? And I think we can apply that in so many areas because it's like this person that's on this other side of the screen, do you have a personal relationship with them? Because if not, then what are you so worried about? Right. Well, and I think another thing too is really self-reflection because, you know, you're taking this time on social media You're using it for a purpose, but what is that purpose? And I think, you know, what's going on on the inside that you need to tackle that you're distracting yourself with social media? 
Yes, that's a good one. That's a really good one. It can serve as such a distraction for us. And so making sure the stuff that's on there when you're in that place to where you're like, it's like, you know, if if we're stressed out because we have such a big to-do list and then we find ourselves like sitting, scrolling on our phones and we're like, shit, like what am I doing? Because you're so stressed out, you don't want to face all of that. So then it's like you're doing the opposite of what you want to do. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that, the, that a lot of comparison obviously comes from that. I feel like we talked about some good tools there. So something else when we're talking about tools that I think is important is being aware of your triggers because, you know, this works for, for social media and in your life because if we're aware of these triggers that cause these feelings with us, obviously on social media, that's where we hit the unfollow button. In real life, that's where we learn how to set boundaries with people, which is definitely a topic for another day because we can get deep into that one. But having some sort of plan on what you're going to do because we are very aware people. We know when something is causing us distress or when something is making us not feel good. So it's just about loving yourself enough to say, okay, if this thing is not serving me or doesn't make me feel good, what am I going to do about it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you have to have a plan in place to handle those types of situations. And sometimes it may be having a difficult conversation Sometimes it may just be having a difficult conversation with yourself and being Mm -hmm. honest with yourself and telling yourself, okay, this is not serving me and now I have to tackle it. How am I going to handle this? And holding yourself accountable to that. It's, yeah, yeah, I think it's really easy to, okay, well, I'm going to, let's just say, have a person in my life that is making me feel a certain way and it's in my real life. And I decide to kind of back off from that relationship. But then, you know, two weeks later, I'm back in the same spot because I didn't hold myself accountable to to backing off from that, right? I think that that's kind of the same. It's the same concept as the unfollow. It's just in real life. Like you have to hold yourself accountable to making those changes in order to move yourself forward and away from things that are, you know, moving away from the things that cause you harm and holding yourself accountable to doing that. Yeah, definitely. So I think we've talked about a lot of different ways that there is comparison, obviously, you know, the timeline that society holds us to and our intake on social media and some good tools. So Let's kind of run through these tools again, just for anybody listening that, you know, is is struggling with this or it's so common that I feel like everybody struggles with this at some point. So I think that first, just asking yourself, what do I really know about this person's life? If you find yourself comparing to somebody else. And then practicing gratitude to be more present in your life, to make sure that you are understanding where you are. And this kind of goes hand in hand with reflection too. 
So reflecting on the things that you do well, reflecting on the good parts of your life, reflecting on your progress, your goals, and all of those things and making a plan for yourself. What are some other tools that you feel like that we covered or didn't cover that would be helpful? So obviously, I think removing things that make you feel poorly in your life, very, very important. Using your social media with a purpose, like we talked about, what is the purpose that social media is serving in your life? Is it serving to you know distract you from things that are making you feel bad? Or do you really have a purpose there? Of course, being aware of things that trigger you are really, really important. And if you just can't stop with the comparison, using it as healthy motivation, using it as a tool to inspire you as opposed to something that's making you resent not only that person, but yourself. And I think at the end of the day that everybody really should just be focused on being a little bit better yourself and comparing yourself to where you were as opposed to whatever else is going on in the world. I tell my team at work all the time, you need to focus on just being 1% better today than you were yesterday in whatever you want to be better at, whether it's sales, whether it's relationships, whether it's, you know, wood shoe making, whatever you want to do, you should just get you some wooden shoes, girl. Yeah. (laughs) sexy wooden (laughs) shoes, baby. So just being 1% better. So there's just so many tools that you can use. And I think that the biggest thing is just being self-aware of, you know, where you are and doing self-reflection is the biggest thing that you can do to help yourself. Yeah, I would agree. And I love that you brought up the part about using it as motivation because realistically, I think that everybody's motivated differently. So, but if we find ourselves coming back to something and it's that scenario, whatever it is, you can literally take that. And if you are so jealous or so upset that that person has something that you don't have, make it a goal to have that. Yeah. And then break that goal down and figure out how can I get there? Because I can guarantee that when you are so focused on a goal that you're focused on building yourself, your empire, whatever you're doing, you don't have time to worry about what other people are doing. I've got big goals and I literally just don't have the time to worry about what everybody else is doing. I have to focus on me. And that is a great tool to have is having something to focus on and knowing what you want and using those goals. Great tool to have to keep you on the straight and narrow and to keep you motivated and focused. Yeah, for sure. I feel like there is a part of comparison that comes from the feeling of lack, like we're missing something. And so if you feel you're lacking, get it. Yeah, just go for it. Right. And so that's, that's a, that's another important piece to all of this is that, you know, you really have a lot of freedom and choices in this situation as to what you want to do with it. But all of these things involve taking action in your own life. Absolutely. So I think that that wraps up today. I hope that everybody finds themselves using some of these tools that you are practicing gratitude and setting goals and clearing your news feeds from things that don't serve you and all the other things that we talked about. 
So thank you guys for listening today. And Mindy, what are we talking about next episode? Next episode is going to be a great one. We're talking about communication. So all those hard conversations that you don't know how to have, conversations that you're afraid to have. Maybe it's a work conversation with your boss. Maybe it's a conversation with your spouse or a friend. We're going to talk all about communicating and how to handle and navigate that. Yeah, I love it. I love this topic because I think a lot of people think that communication equals confrontation. So clearing up some of that stuff and talking about how to navigate those conversations will be great for us. Mm -hmm. And then we have a lot of good interviews and stuff coming too with some awesome women. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you guys for listening today. Make sure that you check out our social media at the Bravehearted Podcast on Instagram. And if you haven't already, please give us a like or a follow or give us a rating, whatever you want to give us, a nice review. And if you subscribe, you will get the episodes as they come out. So thank you again for listening. And don't forget to live bravely. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. The link is in the show notes, so I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.